Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're going to hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. Nope. we got to sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Hello and welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. It's just me today and some friends, which I'm really excited to introduce you to. Um, Today, we are talking about the realities of showing up in the midst of a crisis. And the three young women we are talking with today have been hit hard and yet continue to pivot and plow through the task that was given to them, namely graduating access. We're calling this the access class of COVID. Around here, we say show up to grow up, and this has never been harder for me personally, but the three Access students were my teachers. Access is, if you don't know, an eight-week holistic job training course where women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry in some form or fashion earn a livable wage stipend as they gain hard and soft skills. And today... Um, we're going to talk to him about that. They, ta- they have tackled five areas of development, physical health, mental health, job training, life skills, and spiritual health. And none of it, none of it, none of it, none of it would be possible without our community partners and donors. And so I just want to take a minute right up at the top to give a huge shout out to our instructors, our facilitators, um, our agencies who have supported us through this. So Goodwill Industries, Infinitus Martial Arts, Christian Women's Job Corps, Methodist Children's Home, Pastor Taylor Post, Yogi Angela Rankin, Solutions by Millie, Refit, Talk More Meals, and Dr. Aaron Waits. And we also want to give many thanks to the Baylor Scott and White family and Saddle Creek Dental for really providing innovative ways to care for the health of our students. Um, So the women on the show today are our current ACCESS students. Graduation is upon us tomorrow, and we actually, it marks the 20th graduating student of the ACCESS program. This is our fifth round of ACCESS classes. We have learned and we have grown each time as an organization to fit the unique needs of our students. And along the way, we've certainly changed and adapted the program, but nothing And I mean nothing could have prepared us for the pivot this semester with COVID. So I want to jump in and introduce you to our three soon-to-be ACCESS graduate students. You're going to hear directly from them about what ACCESS has meant to them and how they've continued to show up in the midst of this pandemic and kind of where their goals are and what they're hoping for the future. So welcome to the show. Yay! Okay, we have uh, Cody, Patricia, and Alyssa. So I just want each of you to um, take turns so our audience can like hear your voice and just introduce yourselves. All right, everyone. My name is Cody. Hi, guys. My name is Alyssa. Hello, I'm Patricia. And so here we are at the last week of access, and graduation is tomorrow. 
Um, you know, over the last eight weeks, what would you say, looking back, that this program has really meant to you? Well, the program for me has been the bridge to take the bridge on my path of the transition in my life right now. Um, it's really given me all the tools uh, I've needed to understand what steps need to be taken, um, how to take those steps, and most importantly, to take different steps than I've taken before. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> even though I had the, the desire uh, to change my life and I didn't know what that looked like. And so Access has really just shown me what that could look like for me and what is possible now, today, and tomorrow for me. Um, and so that's been really important. Mm, that's good. Patricia, what about you? Um, Access has given me uh, commitment, uh, courage, and fearlessness of change. Mm. Um, there's a lot of things that I've endured in my lifetime, but uh, Access has been one of the game changers for me. It's really helped me in my life and mm. progressing through the things that I needed to do for, to better my life. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Patricia, you are super um, unique in that you are our oldest graduate for tomorrow. <laughs> now, yeah. this is really cool because you've, you have really made long-term strides in your recovery before you came to Access. So it's not like you were, you know, just hot out of prison or hot out of jail or anything like that. Like you really had some good recovery under your belt. So then you come into access and it's just kind of an eight week power packed, you know, classes. Um, What does it mean? What did it mean to you to kind of be an older woman, you know, in the access program? Well, um, I think that I had, I wanted to offer them something, and if nothing else, is to try to live by example. Yeah. You know, for me, you know, uh, I've been through a lot. I've been where they've been, and, you know, I've done some of the same things, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I think I have a, a whole lot more experience at it and know how to, they can look at me and say, hey, if she can do it, I can too. Yeah. You know, at their age, and it would be you know, more beneficial to them. Yeah. You know. I love it. There's really a diversity among you guys because Cody, you're 22, mm-hmm. and Patricia, I don't even 55. remember. You're 55, okay? And then um, Alyssa, you are 27. 27, but you're a mom with two children, yes. and so each of you represents like a really different point of life. And access has kind of meant something different to each of you at this point in your journey. Alyssa, what about you? What has access meant to you? Yeah. So access has taught me how to show up for myself. And, um, when I walk through the doors, um, looking back now and thinking back, um, walking through the doors of orientation, I was super depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, I had been in a really big depression for about seven years and um I'd never really known how to show up for myself and really um I've never finished anything so um being able to show up for myself pull myself out of that depression and show myself hey like you are worthy you are worth it and you have something to offer um so that has really been what access has been for me, teaching myself how to show up for myself and showing my girls like, hey, it's never too late. Mm. 
That's really good. Um, all of you came in to access kind of facing some unique challenges, you know, and um, I, I kind of want to hear, and I, I think it'd be interesting for our listeners to hear, like what motivated you to even apply for access? What, how did you hear about it? Um, you know, yeah. Why, why were you motivated to do a program like this? Anybody can go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go first. Okay. Go for um, it. when I moved to Waco, uh, um, uh, 16 and a half months ago, um, I, I went to Centicor program. It's a treatment program. And uh, when I left treatment, they kicked me out in a week and a half, and I went to uh, Summer's mm-hmm. house, uh, Sober House. And the t- I, per- I don't know what's her name. Should I say her name? Um, no. You could say another access graduate. Okay, another access graduate was in the program. Yeah. And she had told me about it and, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, asked more about it and got mm-hmm. more information and found out that that's something I would like to do. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, that's kind of cool too, because mm-hmm. even I know you're a big fan of the 12 steps and recovery work, but you know, carrying that message is important because then it shares the 12 step program. But in the same way, like one of our graduates mm-hmm. was who told you about the program. And so it kind of carries the message along and it's, it's word of mouth sometimes, you know, with, with graduates. So that's really cool. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard about access actually from you. Uh, I don't know if you uh, remember or not, but I, <laughs> um, I was really, really interested in starting my own business. And um, yes. I came in uh, one day and we That's sat right. down and we talked mm-hmm. and you told me about access. And yeah. from that day forward, I was all about it. I was so ready for it. And um, it saved my life. Mm-hmm. I do remember that now that you say it because yeah. you came to us kind of seeing in what we were doing with the microloan program right. in mm-hmm. Access 2 and Lovely Enterprises. And so you'd seen that in the community and you were right. like, hey, I you know, want to be a business owner. And so we started having this conversation. And yeah. I was like, well, in order to be in Access 2, you got to do Access 1, but does it really apply to you? And we had this whole really breakthrough conversation yeah. about, um, yeah, your past and your story and, and why access would be relevant. So yeah. that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool that I remember now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Cody, what about you? All right. So when I came into access, um, I was actually dealing with a lot of legal issues mm-hmm. and a lot of things over my head and uh, was actually not even sure if I was going to be able to attend. Mm-hmm. And so when everything settled out and I was starting my probation and coming back to Waco to get myself together, I had this program that I was hoping to get accepted mm-hmm. into. And at the time, I, I had nothing. There was no direct. I had no direction. I yeah. had really no next step than anything, only what I've always done. And so this time was different. I wasn't running. Mm-hmm. I was really trying to get a hold of my life. And so facing those challenges and that mental state of just knowing that I want something different for myself, I was just ready to try something new. And access was that for me. And But I could never then I would never know what I feel now, mm-hmm. like, and what I've, how I've grown and, and getting to know everyone. I never expected to be where I am now. 
um, and and how I've changed through these past couple weeks and grown. And I know that I'm not going back mm-hmm. to where I was then. So that's why did I apply to the program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I applied. <laughs> and it really, you know, you're not the first person who has either come to us from out of state or out of the city. So we have women who've who've come from Kansas City to do our program, and for whatever reason, Waco has been the place that they were doing recovery work or got a job or living with family. Um, and, you know, you came all the way from Atlanta to us, and um, Waco's been kind of this transition place for you. And so I think that's really cool, too, to see, like, just the JSL families kind of, grown you know like across states even um yeah it's really really incredible so we hit you know five areas physical health mental health job skills um all of these five areas that end up spiritual development and so when you think back to the classes that you've been a part of is there one that stands out to you the most whether it's some sort of like hard skill that you can say, I did not know how to do this, and now I know how to do this, or a soft skill would be like the spiritual development classes, the interpersonal, the group counseling, um, you know, what what stands out to you? Is there one or is there multiple? I can talk about anything. Yeah, so um, for me, it would be parenting and refit. Um, I had honestly no idea... <laughs> um, how to be a mom. Uh, I wasn't shown how to be a mom. And um, the parenting classes through the Methodist home um, really, really showed me uh, how to be a mom. And I have totally changed the way that I've parented my kids and how I show up for my kids. Like what? Like give me a specific example. Like what does that mean that you you can say, I am a different parent because I learned how to do this when my kids do this. Discipline. Okay. Discipline correctly. Mm. Um, that has been probably the biggest um, takeaway from the parenting mm. class. Um, you know, sometimes my two-year-old will throw a fit and mm-hmm. I'll give her a sucker <laughs> just to make the fit go away. <laughs> yeah. But that's just not how it's supposed to be done. And mm. um so I really learned how to take that, um, you know, what she's doing wrong or what my kid um, is doing wrong and take it into a learning mm-hmm. um, experience for the both of us mm-hmm. and um, be able to, being able to really keep that um, my kids inside that circle of security and mm-hmm. know that they're, they have a mom that is now ready to show up every single day in every way that I know how to and every way that I can. And then I'm there um, to keep them inside that circle of security and show them that they could come back to me. Mm. And I'm there Mm. now. That's so so good. Mm. Really presence, like that practice of presence, you know, for, and all of us need that, especially our kiddos of knowing that someone's there in, in it with us, not just ignoring us or, or hitting us when we do something stupid or reacting and exploding, but really, um, able to just absorb like their anger and, or just 
be present with it or, mm-hmm. you know, and walk them through it is yeah. such a beautiful, such a beautiful thing. It really It'll is. change their lives. Um, okay, Miss Pat, what about you? What class? <laughs> computer class. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> because I was computer illiterate. I don't even think I knew how to turn one on until I got to this program. But it has helped me so, so much, and my instructor is still helping me, so... Yeah, big shout out mm-hmm. to Christian Women's Job Corps yes. and, Karen, and Karen, who yes. is just so patient. She is. <laughs> I mean, that was the class that for me as a facilitator. So I've never, you know, y'all y'all knew this. I don't know if you remember it, but I've never facilitated access. Mm-hmm. Like you guys, bless your hearts. No, <laughs> you got you got <laughs> me. Good. You got stuck with me. <laughs> and um, and so you know, this year was a little different model because usually it's one person who's going through all five days a week with you and through every class with you, which if you don't click with that person who's your facilitator, you're kind of, it kind of makes it a hard learning experience. And so this year, and it also creates a lot of stress on that one person to go through all five days with just how much comes up, even emotionally that you guys are handling and dealing with. And, um, so this year we did something a little different and we thought, well, we'll just kind of tag team who's facilitating and we'll have survivor leaders. So Sarah, our awesome Baylor intern so is much. so great. Shout and I know she shout out to Sarah and she misses y'all so much. <laughs> oh, I, Ugh, I know. And then Kimberly, mm-hmm. who's yes. just sweet, a survivor sweet leader. Yes. Like she's just so incredible, giving. so giving, yes. um, and wanted to serve and help and just jumped two feet in oh, yes. to this. And then, Millie. um, and Coach Millie. I love Millie. Yes. <laughs> she was so great. But um, anyway, you guys just, you've had a different experience. I've had a different experience in in facilitating this as well. But um, I don't know where I was going with that. Right. What was I just saying? Spreading the love. What was my point? <laughs> I don't know. You guys, you guys are great. And you've been very patient. And I think... Um, all of these classes. Oh, I was with you in the computer classes. That's where I was going. Because Thursdays was my day with Christian Mm -hmm. Women's Job Corps. And, um, and wow, Karen was so patient and technical. Like she was just like, this is where you put your cursor here. And this is where, and take your right finger and drag it here. I mean, it just, you know, instead of just doing it, Mm -hmm. we'll just do it. Just figure it out. It's no, she's so diligent and constructive and, it was awesome. Yeah. I was so impressed by Karen. Mm-hmm. And I'm so impressed by you <laughs> because to go from zero knowledge to now you've got a computer you take home with you, you've got Wi-Fi, praise God, now <laughs> in your house. Mm-hmm. And um, and we want to keep supporting that because, you know, you're learning. You yes, are man. growing in huge ways. That's, that's big. What about you, Cody? Uh, for me, I think that I appreciate the leadership class uh, with grassroots. Yes. Most. Um, well, it's hard to say most. <laughs> but for me, because a couple of weeks, when I was in college, I went on a leadership scholarship. And so this that class really breaking down what it takes to be a leader, what do I already have in me as a leader, it just brought me back to those things that I had innate within myself. Mm. And I think just getting me back to believing in myself because... You know, I did make some mistakes, and I'm not on the same path as I was, Mm -hmm. but I know that I'm still more than capable. Mm -hmm. And that class was just a big reminder to me, um, and it just kind of represents who I want to be with the future of uh, 
my career mm-hmm. and just being that respected woman, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, mm-hmm. I, I'm just excited to be that person and allow myself to be that person. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the leadership class utilized Clifton Strengths Finders. Yes. So that's kind of what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Some of those innate skills and those innate strengths that you have, which was so cool to put those up on the board and see where each of your, mm-hmm. whether it was relational or influencing or, um, yeah, it was, it was really strategic skills. Mm-hmm. Y'all had some really unique ones. It was cool. So the other thing that we learned about a little bit is, um, you know, learning about what the commercial sex industry is. And we had a conversation regarding kind of the supply and demand and the economics uh, surrounding it, some things that kind of feed into this. We heard from different survivors out in L.A. Is there anything that surprised you about the commercial sex industry that maybe you didn't know before you were in access? Well, I feel like I know a lot about the commercial <laughs> sex industry, so that wasn't maybe a factor, but what I did really enjoy hearing about and learning about was um, Brett's program, Stop mm. Demand School. Yeah. So that just really stood out to me. Basically, I'm sure you guys know about it, mm-hmm. um, but the men that do get caught up in sex and sell stings, basically. Yeah, that's right. Um, mm-hmm. they, can, they take this class and yeah. pay for it and go through it and are educated and hopefully come out with a better heart. Yeah. <laughs> and but what I personally loved is that the cost of the school <laughs> <laughs> helps pay for our program right. here as well. Yeah. And I just kind of maybe love that concept. <laughs> I just love the work that's going on on both sides and and learning about that it is both sides. Um, that's right. That leads to really the problem. It's not just hey, we have women out here. And stopping the angle of, oh, these women are just out here, uh, just they want to be there, yeah. you know, they enjoy doing that. It's it's so much more. And um, because of my experiences that I do have in the industry, uh, I'm hoping to be able to take those and instead of them being the traumas that they could be, mm-hmm. transforming them into into testimonies Absolutely. and a way to help Absolutely. other women my age because. I'm blessed to get out when I did. And so I want to help other people my age get out now rather than the dangers of staying in the game so long. Yeah, that's right. That's so good. Other thoughts, you guys? Um, For me, uh, it it surprised me on how how many different forms of the sex industry there is, Mm -hmm. you know, because I had this preconceived idea that it was just this, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, kids being trafficked over, you know, yeah, overseas, yeah, right. You know, but it's more so it's happening over here in yeah. different, you know, aspects of my life. And um, and it's, you know, it's a demand for that. It's mm-hmm. a high demand, you know, mm-hmm. pornography, mm-hmm. Uh, all of that, you know, and it's a billion-dollar industry. And I'm That's like, right. wow, you know, mm-hmm. you know, how is it going to go down? You right. know, and, and y'all are doing things to help, you know, yeah. the senses go down instead of up. So Yeah, we talked so, a lot about that force fraud or or coercion Mm -hmm. regarding human trafficking. And like when you really break down like what that means to be forced or Mm -hmm. a fraudulent ad or coerced by a boyfriend who then takes your money and becomes your, it's so, it's such a slippery slope. And some, some victims of trafficking, you know, don't even know that they've been trafficked Mm -hmm. until years later, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Were you going to say something? No, it's, it's just, 
it's almost that it's it's not about even getting to that final act of whatever they do within that business. It's that the women are being preyed on because of their weakness. And yeah. so that's why I love that we're trying to empower the women and empower the community to see like that these women are worth it and we don't need to be treating them as objects. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So um, my takeaway from that would be that this industry doesn't discriminate Mm. at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will just use um, this as an example. When I walked in um, to our orientation and I saw Miss Kimberly sitting there, I was Mm. like, what is she doing? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like she doesn't look like somebody that could be here. But yeah. then after getting to know her, know her story, I realized like this industry doesn't discriminate mm-hmm. at all. That's right. Mm-mm. So That's right. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many survivors, and yeah. No, I'm just thinking. Like, yeah, like um, what was the lady that we, at the nursery? Uh, Debbie. Like, Debbie. Debbie really enjoyed hearing her story, and mm. it's just. All the different perspectives and, and how people come out of these trials is just yeah. so powerful. It yeah. is. Yeah. And you would never you would never know. Never know. <laughs> right. That's right. And you know, part of the shame of what we're trying to um, you know, the old Mr. Rogers show, Mr. Rogers always said anything mentionable is manageable. And part of what's important for us to do podcasts like this is that we have to start talking about it. Because if we don't talk about it, women stay in shame right. and they won't share their story. Mm-hmm. And if they don't share their story, then other women right where you're at don't get to have that hope to heal, right. you know? And so it just, it means the world to, um, and I, to share story in a dignified and safe way. It doesn't mean you have to share all the gruesome details to the, the whole world, right. but, um, but there is no shame in saying I'm a survivor of the sex industry. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in that Mm-mm. because it wasn't necessarily your fault, right. <laughs> you know, and, um, and it truly goes to show that there is a lack of choices for a lot of women. And there's also a very powerful component, which is childhood trauma that, that leads to being groomed for this type of work. Um, and so I'm just, I'm so proud and just amazed by all the facilitators and survivors and supporters who, who are on board. Um, did you learn something new about yourself through Access that you did not know before? What has surprised you about yourself? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know about, not necessarily something I've learned that surprised me, but just the biggest thing is I've been able to learn how to love myself uh, more, and I was already, I was trying to work with that frustrating process, and I didn't really know for a long time like how much I, I didn't. By the way, I didn't have boundaries in my life. By the way, I wasn't you know taking care of myself um, the way I should mentally in all other areas. So coming here has just really been about getting to know. Well, really about getting to know myself again. And I think we talked about that yesterday, but. When you are in that industry, it's a, you're not yourself. You're everyone, everything but yourself. And um, so constantly in uh, that act of, of numbing out and not being present and being something else, it's been so important for me to really get back in touch with myself, learn the good things that I have within myself, because we really turn all, everything off when we're in that industry. I'll tell you something that surprised me about you. Okay. Um, and see if this surprised you about you. I don't know. 
But I watched a turn in you, and it wasn't until last week mm. that you were able to face conflict and tear down some of your walls mm. for the first time. Did that surprise you about yourself? Or did you? Or was it just... Um, I no, it's definitely surprising. Sometimes I, su- <laughs> I surprise myself. I think I'm like, wow, like I wouldn't have dealt with things the same way I deal with things now. And I just, it's nice to be able to be like, you know what? Like I'm, I may be right in the action of doing something. I can be like, stop. How about I do it this way? Mm-hmm. And that mindfulness is something that I didn't have for a long time. Mm-hmm. I kind of just did. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, I appreciate that you see that. I did. I saw and, a turn. And I'm still working on it, but it, it, I'm proud of myself, yeah. you know, because I, I really just wanted to be, want to be a better person than I was and that who I can be. Mm-hmm. And it's like breaking through the darkness that's tried to entangle my life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, right. I've also been in it for so long. So yeah. it's just, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> What about y'all, Pat? What surprised you about you? Well, um, I learned, you know, that nothing beats a failure but a try. I mean, I've mm. heard that before, but I didn't apply it to my life. Because if I couldn't do something good, then I wouldn't do it at all. So okay. I, wasn't, I wouldn't try, you know. And I've learned through, you know, trying with the computer has helped yes. me, you know, just trying, you know, because I'd never even tried. I was like, no, I can't do that. Do this for me, you know. But doing it myself, if I try, maybe, you know, there's some things I can get better at and I can do, you know, but I have to try first. That's good. Nothing beats a failure. But a try. But a try. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, um, I think that something that I learned about myself that I, I can't, I guess I can't say that I really, um, truly, truly, truly knew um, would be that I'm worthy to be loved and I'm worthy um, of a future and that I don't have to sit and stay in my dysfunction, mm. that, that there is a way out and that um, all I have to do is show up to grow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's something that I definitely learned. That's awesome. That's the biggest lesson we can learn is is how valuable we are you know and Mm -hmm. how how worthy of dignity and respect each of us for no not because of how we're behaving but because Mm -hmm. we are children of god period end of subject you know that we are worth so much um and now in week four the big pandemic hit, <laughs> and it hit at a crazy time right when Miss Pat was getting out of the hospital, and we were trying to get up to Gosh. see you, and only one visitor, and we had to have our temperature taken before we even went in the hospital. I mean, it was in the midst. Miss Pat had this back surgery, and that was a huge hang-up for her, and then to try to pivot in the midst of a pandemic where... We weren't even sure if we were going to finish Access. Mm. And resoundingly, y'all were like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we're finishing this class. And, and I'm over there like, no. Stay in bed. The whole world's coming to an end. And you're like, and Miss Emily, we show up to grow up. <laughs> we're finishing this class. Get up here. Um, so, yeah, like how did, this, how did that pivot impact you all? Uh. Gosh, um, having to s- 
Well, so I have a seven-year-old and a two-year-old. Yeah. And um, when they said, hey, you're going to have to homeschool. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, I guess I guess I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, having to um, learn how to do uh, access virtually and have a schedule to go by every single day and then having to parent my two-year-old because daycare closed down was a very big um test Mm -hmm. (laughs) for me and um my strengths Mm -hmm. and I think that um looking back now I I honestly can't even believe we've made it this far but we have (laughs) I can't either because really one of the hardest things to do for any of us what we know about the access program is that consistency is so important right. routine is very important structure is very important it's healthy for your brain to have that and it was changing every two days and i didn't have that before i came to access right. i was literally in bed every single day having to crawl make myself just crawl out of bed just to yeah. feed my kids right whatever i could whip up and yeah. so having that four weeks of structure and finally getting into that routine just to have it all taken away. It was really, that was that moment for me where I had to say, okay, I'm not going to quit. Yeah. I've come this far. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you, Miss Pat? You had well, a lot more than just yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, everything going on, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and, um, with God's help and yeah. your help and yeah. Emily, I mean Kimberly, mm-hmm. and uh, the other ladies, you know that mm-hmm. uh, that brought me meals yes. and things, you know, that helped me so so much. Because like I said, I didn't have any family here, you know, yeah. or anything like that, and you know, and uh, it was really hard, you know, for me, you know, and and then everything had to be done on the computer, or yes. on the phone. <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> It's a curse and from hell. And <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> but it helped me, you know, it yeah. strengthened me and um by no means helped me with my <laughs> computer skills and, and, uh, and you know and my phone skills, you know. And yeah. um, so uh it really it helped me, but it oh devastation was putting it mildly, you know, at first. Yes. You know, I was devastated, you yeah. know. And um, you've seen some of that. <laughs> I know, but it's depressing, too, because you, know, you, you weren't even feeling good. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like on a perfect day, this would have been hard. Right. But you were in pain, mm-hmm. like major pain from a major surgery and having to ask people for help, which I know you hated. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> you know, we just, oh, I know. I get it. I'm the same way. Yeah. But you made it. But with everyone's help and God's help, yeah. you know, and we overcame, you know. You know, one of my favorite mm-hmm. memories for me from that hospital bed was like the day after oh, uh, Kimberly was there <laughs> and I came the day after. And I'm not telling you, I've never seen somebody who loves the 12 steps as much as Patricia. <laughs> never. Never. Poster child. And I work the 12 steps. I do not love them as much as Miss <laughs> Pat does. And that next day, I mean, it probably wasn't like 6.30 in the morning, and I got up there, and you were on the phone with a sponsee. Well, girl, tell me where you are right now. Uh, have you even showered? No, you're not going to a meeting. I know what you're doing. You better get up. You better take a shower. You better get ready for your day, because you got to get to that meeting. I mean, you were, you were helping someone else when you were in a hospital bed. I just... 
it speaks volumes. <laughs> your love for people and your give back is incredible. Yes. And Thank and we you. need you. We need yes. you to keep yes. keep being who you are. <laughs> it's so important. Cody, what about what about you? Uh, the way it felt like is, you know, we were on one track and yeah. we had to get on a new one. It everything kind of just stopped. I had to start a job. I thought I was getting ready to do and everything stopped. So I don't think we were really prepared. Mm. However, in the past couple of weeks, there's been so many things just in my life um, that I've been able to come here still mm-hmm. and meet with you mm-hmm. most often mm-hmm. and talk your ear off. And But it just <laughs> seems like every time we actually get to talk and someone's and you're listening like a piece of like a piece of me I know it sounds so corny but a piece of me like it's glued back together like when I'm in this building and I do the work and really just like you said talking about you know sometimes we don't talk about things but really just getting things out it's just I've just been grateful that we have still been able to meet um even without the program Mm -hmm. but it has been Yes, I know. It's been rough. Yeah. Um, it's been rough. It's yeah. missing everyone's faces and our daily activities. And just, you know, the first, that was the first time in my life I've been busy. Mm-hmm. And, and right. on, well, not first time, but in a while, that I've really had, you know, a plan for my day. Things got accomplished because I've been running. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just, we, we did a good job, though. You yeah, know, yeah. we really. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all did. Y'all pushed. Like, I wasn't sure. Um, I wasn't even sure I could push. You know, the homeschool <laughs> thing with my children was throwing me. Um, mm-hmm. A lot was having to pivot in our organization, not just access, but lovely and stop demand school and trying to get that up and going online. There was a lot organizationally that felt like everything. And we could lose. I mean, like, we don't know if donors, they might lose their businesses. So we don't know if they'll continue to give. And so that, that fear is very palpable, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so you guys were just so like insistent Mm -hmm. of, no, we're going to come, we're going to earn our paychecks. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep learning. We don't care how we learn, but Mm -hmm. you know, um, thank God y'all were just three and a class size right. was small. So it was doable because we met the requirements of, you know, meeting under 10 mm-hmm. and as much as we could. I'm just, I'm so grateful for that push. Yes. Yes. Um, go ahead. No, I'll just, just say just having this building still yeah, has been such a blessing. Like yeah, it has. It's a little haven. Yes, yeah, it, it is. Here and... <laughs> it is. I'm so grateful for it. Um, so as we, as you move forward, kind of let's. What are you hopeful for? What are your next steps um, for earning an income? You know, we know, like, we want Lovely to be a place of employment. Um, we've got the Lovely neighbor boxes. We want people to buy because if they buy them, every ounce of that goes towards supporting jobs mm-hmm. for our access graduates. Right. Um, and, and with COVID hitting, job placement has been incredibly hard because nowhere's hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not hiring people, um, who have any kind of record right, right. now. Right. Um, so scary. and so it does feel like y'all are very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what are your, what are your next steps? Where do you want to go? Well, I, I actually still have uh, my job waiting on me, thankfully, um, when this all clears up, but it does, like you said, it, it does remind you, you know, yeah, I am kind of vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
those things that are out of my control as far as how someone may view me just based on a piece of paper. But I think facing that fear has also given power, like in trust, it's given me more ability to trust when things were uncertain, even just like housing being uncertain, whatever was going on. I was like, but you know what? It's going to work out. And access, you guys told me, hey, we're going to pray. God's gotten something for you. Every time something came up, you know, we've always, some, I've always been able to practice, like, you know, it's going to work out in that mm-hmm, trust. Right. And so I think now it's just continuing that because we just have to give it to God. And I know people say, oh, that's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but what else can you do but surrender, yeah, really? Right. And um, everything that good comes to those mm-hmm. who follow him. So yep. just keep that process going. Yeah. What about yeah. you? Well, um, I was blessed to have some some income, you know, before all this, and blessed to still have one. I mean, it's not a whole lot, mm-hmm. but it's not it beats nothing. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna continue my computer classes and gonna um, um, be able to take some online classes mm-hmm. within a couple of months, and so I can get. Um, my master's in cleaning, mm. and so, so when my physical mm-hmm. health is better, mm-hmm. you know, and my computer skills mm-hmm. are better, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everything hopefully will work out, mm-hmm. and I will be able to go into business, you know, like I want to for myself yes. in, in the cleaning business. Yes. So, um, um, uh, it's not over. It's you know, not to over. To the ballet scene. <laughs> that's right. Know? And God has the final say. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's who I believe in today. Yes. 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 What about you, Alyssa? Um, so I'm going to have to probably file, uh, file for unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, with my daughter still, you know, not able to go back to school. Mm-hmm. My my two-year-old um, daycare is being closed down. I don't have a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though a whole lot of places aren't hiring right now, even if they were hiring, I wouldn't be able to go and get a job. That's so it's right. really... Um, I was talking to Miss Kimberly last night, and um, as worried as I was, there's really just no reason to be worried because there's nothing mm. I can do about it. Mm, right. <laughs> yeah. So I just have to trust God and what He has for me. And um, over these last eight weeks, He wouldn't have given me everything that He's given me um, just for right. me to lose it all now. Yeah. So good. I'm just gonna keep you know praying and believing that um, you know He brought me this far he's not gonna let me go backwards now so yeah yeah these times are really crunched for um single working moms or just working moms in general who even if you're married um you know you gotta have something to do with your kids right and so that does create just such a huge challenge for livable wages for those with children um so we are just we're going to keep holding out hope for what God's got in store for the three of you. We believe in you. We are so impressed and and just amazed at what you've been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time with all the challenges Mm. that have come that were out of your control (laughs) that just like dumped (laughs) on you, you know, not even just the pandemic, but then just the personal challenges, the Mm -hmm. physical, emotional, spiritual challenges, um, you really have risen to the occasion. And um, if if I could employ you tomorrow at Lovely Enterprises, I would do that. You guys are 
so valuable. You have incredible work ethics. Um, you're not perfect and neither am I. And so, um, (laughs) you, you do show up, you know, and you have faced some of the hardest things that you've, you've ever really had to face, which is yourself. Right. You've really had to look at yourself in the mirror and just, um, ask for what you need and surrender what -hmm. you don't have yet. I think that's been the hardest thing for me is to surrender and to be able to ask for help mm-hmm. because I was so prideful mm-hmm. and just so mm-hmm. full of just myself really. And well, I don't need that. I don't need help. Mm-hmm. I can do this by myself, but really I had to surrender and surrender to God. Mm-hmm. And that was whenever I think I saw the change. Mm-hmm. This is the first thing I've ever finished in my whole life. It's so amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And I've just seen so much growth in you. Just, your energy just sitting here, like you just, you know, I'm proud of you. And you believe, you. I can see that you believe in yourself as you should more. Thank and you. So, You're going to make me cry. No, no, no. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah. <laughs> y'all, have, y'all have each had something to offer each other, which has been incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I even think for... Pat, you and Cody, and just being able to work out relationally. Oh, yeah. And now y'all joking over there right before we started, <laughs> oh, loving on each other. Miss Pat loves me. I know. And you love Miss Pat. And I, Pat. no, I love Miss yeah. Pat. Yeah. That's yeah. My y'all have really helped and supported each other out in the midst of this. And <laughs> that's just incredible. So. I really, really, really think that God handpicked every single one of us mm. to be in this access class. For sure. You're the Holy Trinity. (laughs) You're the Holy Access COVID (laughs) Trinity. Well, I hope um, if you're listening to this that you have been encouraged by what you're supporting. If you support Jesus Said Love and if you have supported Access, these are three lives that you have helped to change. And we could not be more grateful for your support. We need you, we love you, and we can't do this alone. And um, if you um, don't support Jesus Said Love, if maybe you're listening from Massachusetts right now or somewhere like that and you don't know about what we do, please visit our website at JesusSaidLove.com and learn more about the Access Program, program about Stop Demand School, which Cody mentioned earlier, and about Lovely Enterprises um, so that you can be a part of Awakening Hope and Empowering Change today. Thank you. Yes, thank Thank you for believing in us. Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us. We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Yes. Because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world. And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info. And visit the website at JesusSaidLove.com for how you can join the JSL fam. Until next time, share the love.